0: political gridlock on Capitol Hill may be jeopardizing the fight against Russia in Ukraine. Right now, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is in Washington pleading for Congress to approve more military aid for his country. Next hour, he's scheduled to sit down one-on-one with President Biden. This morning, he met with senators and House members arguing that the political bickering over Ukraine aid is exactly what Vladimir Putin wants to see.
1: And yet, so far, Republicans seem unmoved. Some GOP senators even walked out of their meeting. Also today, we have newly declassified U.S. intelligence about Russia's strategy and why the Kremlin is aiming for a winter stalemate. We have CNN chief congressional correspondent, Manu Raju. He is on the Hill, along with CNN reporter, Katie Bo Lillis. Manu, let's start with you. I mean, as we await this White House meeting, what are you hearing on the Hill?
2: Yeah, nothing has changed. In fact, the stalemate persists, and there are real fears that this aid to Ukraine, even the supporters who back aid to Ukraine, believe that this will drag into next year, despite the urgent pleas by the president of Ukraine, who is poised to leave Capitol Hill empty-handed. He met behind closed doors with House... Re- Senate Republicans and Senate Democrats trying to make his case about why aid is needed. I'm told that he told, expected told senators he expected that they would eventually Come through, and he indicated that this money would be looked at. There'd be significant accountability in Ukraine for federal dollars. Then he met with the Speaker of the House and the House Democratic leader. But the fact of the matter is that Republicans are still insisting that there needs to be a deal to deal with the southern border with Mexico to tighten immigration restrictions. They said that must come first before they agree to approving aid to Ukraine. Even as there is no path for a deal on immigration, as the two sides remain badly divided something that even staunch supporters of Ukraine aid, like Senator Mitt Romney indicated, must be dealt with first, immigration, before there's a deal on Ukraine.
0: reality is that the House is not going to take up a Ukraine bill unless it includes securing the border uh, to the level that existed under the three prior presidents. When people elect a Republican majority in the
2: House, you have to listen to what they have to say. Are you concerned that if there's no money, Ukraine could lose the war to Russia. Well, well, that's always been a big possibility the whole time. I mean, I've, I've never thought they could win to begin with, especially the way we eased into it. What are the implications that if Russia wins? Are you worried about the implications if Russia wins?
0: Well, everybody keeps saying they're going to continue to go across Europe. I mean, they can't beat Ukraine on the eastern side. How are they going to continue to go the rest of the way through through Europe? I've never believed that scenario. I think it's, uh, I think it's a good selling point to send more money.
2: So you're hearing the divide within the GOP side. Some, like Tommy Tuberville, saying no more money at all for Ukraine. Others are saying at least there needs to be a deal on border security first before agreeing on aid to Ukraine. But there is no deal in sight between the two parties on border security, which is why President Zelensky, despite these urgent appeals, leaving Washington without any aid, unclear when and if that may happen. Manu,
0: thank you so much for the update. We want to bring in Katie Bolillis now because, Katie, you have some new reporting on this declassified intelligence report that was provided to members of Congress, and it's really providing startling details about Russia's losses on the battlefield.
3: Yeah, some pretty staggering numbers here, Boris. Um, This intelligence assessment provided to Congress yesterday reports, and I'm going to give you some of these figures, um, reports that of the 360,000 troops that Russia sent into Ukraine initially and that made up their entire standing ground force prior to the invasion. Of those, 315,000 have been lost on the battlefield. That's an 87% loss of Russia's standing ground forces before the invasion. Now, look, important to understand that Russia has been able to defray these losses. They have been able to lean on, for example, the Wagner Group with some of their convict fighters. They have also launched a number of conscriptions and mobilizations to try to sort of throw more bodies at this fight. So they have been able to defray some of these losses. Still, this assessment warning, and again, I'm going to quote from this directly, this assessment warning that the war has sharply set back 15 years of Russian effort to modernize its ground force. So huge and important figures. But again, I think very important to be reading this in the context of what Manu has just been telling us, of course, which is that the real peril for Ukraine here is that U.S. funding may run out. And so I think you're going to hear these these sort of staggering numbers, these these Russian losses, really talked about as evidence that look, the Ukrainians are are capable of exacting uh, costs against the Russian military if they are provided with the military support to get it done.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Putin's sort of hoping that maybe they can wait this out and sort of get through the winter and, you know, yeah. That, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. Um, I think one of the other um, things that you
3: are seeing the intelligence community here in the United States watch very carefully is sort of the way Vladimir Putin is thinking about you know the next twelve months or the mm-hmm. next two years. And right now, the belief is that Putin believes that he can essentially outweigh the West. Right, that he's going to be able to sort of uh, take advantage of this kind of moment in which there are some real divisions in the domestic politics in the United States and sort of public opinion. Uh, seems to be kind of in flux about supporting Ukraine, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think for for Putin, there's a real kind of benefit to let's just sit back, let's wait, let's see if the United States will get tired of this. Katie Bolilis, thank you.